Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I don't want to hear Canty or Carlin complaining about humidity because Matt Jones in Kentucky and Braden Gall in Nashville, Tennessee, we are here today filling in for the guys where it's actually humid still at the end of August as there are joint practices happening all across the country in the NFL. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and, of course, the ESPN app as well as SiriusXM Channel 80. And Chris Canty, who happens to also have his name on the show, co-host of this exact show, Canty and Carlin, joining us now on his own show. First of all, uh, how does it feel to be a guest on your own show? That's the first question. And number two, are you concerned about LeBron James' bank account? Well, I always feel I feel at home when I'm on my own show, even though you guys are holding down for <laughs> me and the big fella today. But as a Lakers fan, I got to say, I feel pretty damn good about LeBron James locking in for potentially the next three seasons. I like the idea of L.A. being able to put LeBron and A.D. on the same timeline. Both of those guys have player options in the 2024-2025 season, which affords the franchise maximum flexibility as they try to build out the roster around them in the coming years. First of all, you and I both know, Chris, that there is no way you can lock in anybody in the NBA for more than a couple months because they all change their mind every few months. And he may he could decide to leave as soon as he as soon as next year. That's just the league the way it is now, isn't it? No, I don't think LeBron James is going anywhere. It's not just about basketball for LeBron being out in LA. He's got a lot of things going on. His son is in high school. Um, he wants to, you know, be a present father, and he wants his son to be able to compete at, a, at the highest level that he possibly can. And then he's got his business ventures, right? He's got the Spring Hill Company. He's got the shop. Um, he's got a lot of other things that he's doing off the court. And L.A. seems to be the perfect hub for LeBron James in terms of being able to continue to grow his brand. So from that standpoint, I don't see LeBron James going anywhere. The Lakers are one of the iconic franchises in the NBA, even though we've had some lean years since the championship that AD and LeBron delivered back in the bubble. But uh, I can we put money on this, Candy? Can, can we put money I on this? I just don't see LeBron James. I, I just don't see LeBron James going anywhere else. I think he's going to finish okay. his career as a Laker. Through, all right, so I want to put money on that. Can you, me and you, okay. LeBron finishes his career with the Lakers? Are you in? Uh, here, here's the thing. I don't think we should put money on it. We need to, we need to put something much more valuable. On oh, you it okay? That, you picked the stakes. Listen, 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 listen. B- listen bottle listen, of Pappy. You're, 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 that's what I was about to say. You're very familiar <laughs> with that Kentucky brown water. So let's put a bottle of Pappy on it. And LeBron James finishes his career as a Los Angeles Lakers. It's gonna make you sad, but I have literally. I'm looking. At five bottles of Pappy. Oh, come right on, here. dude. Come on. Now, now, you're, now, you're a bad guy. now you're a bad guy. You're just a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. So, it, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put one. showing off. He's showing I'm going to put one to the side. I'm going to put one to the side right here, and it's going to be the Canty. Now, what do I get once he leaves and goes to the to Cleveland or to, to whatever, the Knicks? What, what do I get when that happens? I mean, I could add to your stock, right? So you don't want <laughs> All right, fair Pappy. enough. I mean, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you could ever have enough Pappy. But, but you've right. got to be a very rich man to turn down a bottle of Pappy. 
Well, in Kentucky, it grows on trees. That's why we're not. Oh, wow. It's not not as hard to find. Canty, can I just uh, ride your coattails into some pappy? Is that all right with you, buddy? Are you okay with that? I'm I'm okay with that, Braden. Braden, I I don't blame you, brother. We're talking about that. (laughs) Um, All right, Chris Canty joining us. Okay, okay, okay. Matt, Matt, you name the stakes. You name the stakes, whatever it is you want. I'll give you some time. I'll give you some time to figure it out. It doesn't have to be right now. I'll think about it. I mean, you're only on this show about once every month now because you're such a big star. So I'm sure I'll be doing this again and we can talk about it then all right all right sounds good listen uh retail for a 23 year it's only about five grand or so chris so you you got it both of you guys can chris canty joining us here co-host of this show canty and carlin on espn radio matt jones braden golf filling in now we've had we've had a debate so far with aaron Rodgers and patrick mahomes the chiefs and the packers they clearly decided that their quarterbacks are good enough to overcome the departure of a $25 million a year wide receiver in Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. Which quarterback has a better season, and did they make the right moves? Well, I think they made the right moves. I mean, when you look at how the franchises used the draft capital, I, I can't argue against it. I love the two first-round draft picks that Green Bay made in Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. I think they're going to upgrade that front seven, and that defense could potentially make the leap to being a championship-caliber unit. And with the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, I, I love what they did, too. They allocated their, their first-round picks to de- the defensive side of the ball, adding George Carl Loftus to be a bookend rusher to Frank Clark and Chris Jones on that defensive front. And then on the back end, adding Trent McDuffie to go alongside uh, some of their other players on their, on, uh, in their secondary. I, I like what both teams did with the draft capital, but most importantly, you got to recognize that it's a salary cap sport. There's only enough. There's only so much money to go around to pay guys, and so when you're paying your quarterback forty-five, fifty million dollars a year, which both franchises are, you're relying on that quarterback to be a force multiplier when it comes to the weapons that they have out on the edges. Now, what I will say about Kansas City situation is, you have a a, a play caller that has a, a much more extensive track record, a proven track record in Andy Reid as opposed to Matt Lafleur. Um, you're talking about a, a guy that's won a Super Bowl, a guy that has 100-plus wins with two franchises. So I, I would give the nod for coaching to the Chiefs and, and, and Andy Reid. And then when you look at the, the, the players that they have at the receiving position, you, you still have Travis Kelsey, who's one of the very best tight ends the game has to offer. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has a weapon like that in his receiving core right now. So you still have Travis Kelsey – who can make some special things happen. Juju Smith-Schuster is a proven veteran receiver. So is MVS. Um, you know, you'll see what you get from uh, Sky Moore and, and others. The Mecole Hardman injury, we'll have to take a wait-and-see approach. Um, but, but I think there are plenty of weapons for Pat Mahomes to do what he does. And with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, essentially, this, they're relying on him to, you know, to, to elevate the play of all of those receivers that – as of yet, are unproven commodities. All right, so I was going to give you a hard time about something, but I don't want to just be seen as a contrarian since we disagreed on LeBron. So I will ask this in a nicer way. I was going to – I heard that you said one day ago that Trey Lance could be the MVP this year. And when I I heard that, I was going to be outraged. But I want to ask it in a nicer way. Give me the case for a person who's played one preseason game – and a couple of games in the regular season, and not in two years in college. Give me the case for how a rational human being could think that he could be the MVP this season. That was so nice of you, Matt. Well, all right, here's a big part of the case, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, 
tell me the last time a starting quarterback, like QB1, not a backup, not somebody that was forced into action because the starting quarterback got hurt. Give me the last time a starting quarterback played poorly under Kyle Shanahan. Well, to hear Braden say it, Jimmy G, but I actually thought he was pretty good. But to, your point is valid. I mean, I, I mean, listen, you're talking about two NFC championship appearances in the last three years. With I Jimmy agree. G. We're and on the, crazy, the same side and the crazy, there. Yes. And, and, the, and the crazy thing is, it's not like Jimmy G had to do a whole lot of heavy lifting in the offense. Over the last three years, Jimmy G ranked 24th in percentage of throws beyond 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. And for context, in that same span, the 49ers ranked 29th in pass attempts. So what does that tell you? They're not throwing the ball a whole lot, and when they do, it's a lot of short passing patterns with catch-and-run opportunities. There's a reason why the 49ers receivers led the league in yards after catch per reception. That's that's what they rely on. It's that in the running game. So when you think about what Trey Lance does well, he has the potential to be a focal point in the running game. You know, you, you, I mean, he's, he's a first-round pick, so we would assume that Kyle Shanahan would coach him up in terms of being able to have a high completion percentage with the, the short to intermediate routes. But the other thing that Trey Lance brings to this offense that Kyle hasn't had in San Francisco is the vertical passing game, the, the element of the deep ball, the home run shot. We just haven't seen it because Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have that tool in his tool bag. So now being able to give that, that level of flexibility to Kyle Shanahan, one of the most creative play callers in the National Football League, I think this 49ers offense has the potential to be really dangerous. We know they can run the football. It's a top-five run game. You're talking about a top-five skill position core and a top-five defense. That means extra possessions and field position for Trey Lance. That's why I'm bullish on Trey Lance. It's not just about the player. It's about everything that's around the player. Yep, I completely agree. Chris Canty, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it for joining us on your show. All right, and Matt, I'm going to hold you to it now. I want my bottle of Pappy. I'm sitting here looking at it, and you ain't going to get it because LeBron's not even going to be near L.A. He won't wow. even be in the same, you know, area code, so I hope you miss it. Uh, all right, guys. Appreciate you holding it down. Talk to you again soon. Chris Canty there, of course. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Braden Gall, Matt Jones in for the guys today, of course. How big of a deal is throwing three interceptions in a training camp practice? We'll tell you next. It's Canty and Carlin. Filling in here, Matt Jones, Braden Gall on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. 
Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Braden Gall in for the guys here on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Joint practice is happening across the NFL. Ones versus ones, good on good, full pads. It's great. It's fantastic. And there's lots of headlines all over the league. So let's head to producer Evan. And producer Evan, we got, is it a big deal? Is it no deal? We got some headlines from around the NFL. Evan, what's up, buddy? Yeah, so we talked about this with Aaron Rodgers. He like was frustrated yesterday with his wide receivers. Then today, apparently, he had a meeting. Wide receiver room, the quarterback room, they got together, hashed things out. So, is all of this Aaron Rodgers being frustrated with his wide receivers a big deal or not a big deal, Matt? I'm actually going to say not a big deal because I think living with Aaron Rodgers in any workspace means you're always going to have to deal with his (laughs) moodiness and and ridiculous antics. So, I would say the people there are either used to it or they're just going to have to get used to it. You know, I mean, between his visits for ayahuasca and his belief about the various efficacies of of medical devices, I'm not (laughs) sure that I would ever consider Aaron Rodgers to be someone people rely on for uh, for intelligent thought. So I think the receivers are probably used to it. So I'm going to say no deal. Uh, no, no big deal for me either for all the reasons you just stated. Yeah, I'd love to know what Aaron Rodgers said to the doctor who was fixing his collarbone a couple of years ago. I'd like to know what that conversation was like. But not a big deal. It's camp. All of the weirdness of Aaron Rodgers is is there for him to win a championship and compete for, for wins every single Sunday. The key is, does it help him win an NFC championship? I, we have to wait and see. Tua threw three interceptions in training camp yesterday. It was part of six interceptions thrown by the Dolphins quarterbacks yesterday. Is Tua's three interceptions a big deal or not a big deal, Brayden? It's a little bit bigger deal than Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers is throwing interceptions because Tua's fighting for a job in his first big contract after being drafted. So it's a big deal that's worth watching, and it's it's got we got to see where it goes, in, in my opinion. So how, how about I change my answer, Matt, which I know you love. I'm going to go not a big deal right now. If it continues, it's going to cost them hundreds of millions of dollars. It's not a big deal that he threw three interceptions, but it is a big deal that it's symbolic of the fact that he throws lots of interceptions and that he may be n- not the guy in Miami. But I, but as far as, like, I mean, does it matter that he threw three interceptions? No, yeah, but I yeah. do think there's going to be the way this season starts, the first three or four games may literally be the trajectory of Tua's career. The Dolphins start out with a relatively easy schedule. If they don't get off to a good start – and then things aren't going well with Tua, it's just hard to see how it continues in Miami at a successful level. So Drew Locke was supposed to start Thursday night on ESPN for the Seahawks. He's going to miss this preseason start due to COVID, so uh, Juno Smith is going to get the start. Is this a big deal or not a big deal, Matt, that Drew Locke is missing his preseason start in this competition? Well, it's not a big deal for Drew Locke although it would have been nice to get it since he was sort of named the starter for the game. I do think this is a big deal, though, however, for the worst uh, quarterback battle in the world. Like trying to pick (laughs) between Drew Locke and Geno Smith is like when you're trying to decide whether or not to eat and the two choices are Hardee's and Burger King, right? Like you're like, this is what I've got to choose from. Are these two options? I kind of feel like that's how it is. Drew Locke and Geno Smith are both, I mean, of all the quarterbacks I've ever seen, they're two of them. But, unfortunately, you got to go with one of them. So, not a big deal because I don't think the Seahawks are going to be good either way. I, I hear what you're saying on the Seahawks not being good, so I can't disagree with that. But I think it's a huge deal if you're in the middle of a heated quarterback battle and you don't get a chance to go out there and play under the lights, even if it is just a preseason game, 
that's a missed opportunity at a chance to win the job. So I think it's a big deal for Drew Locke personally. I thought you were going to try to take up for Hardee's or Burger King. I felt like that would be your no free kind of shots. thing. No. If no free you had shots. to do for one of them between Hardee's and Burger King, what you picking? No. That's exactly right. You can't because they're both exceeding mediocrity. But go ahead. Speaking <laughs> of tough decisions, uh, not much options. Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph. So Kenny Pickett is now taking first team reps at Steelers camp. Is this a big deal or not a big deal? I, I think, think this is. Oh, I'm sorry. This is your brain. You go. Well, I I would say it's a it's a big deal in that he wasn't taking first team reps to start with camp, and now that he is, if if that is truly a reflection of his growth and progress, then it's a big deal because then it means that all the haters on Kenny Pickett might be wrong. But if it's just a we're rotating him in to see what it looks like, then then it's not a big deal at all. Yeah, I think it's a big deal because if you're giving him first team reps now, then he needs to be the starter. If it's close between a rookie and Trubisky and you're back up the last five years, you're, you play the rookie. Like, if it's even close, you go yep. with the rookie. So I, I think the fact that they feel like it's close enough to actually give him first-team reps to me is a big deal and symbolic that little hands pick it may be the one actually playing quarterback. And uh, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming at the start of the year. Little hands pick it sounds like a band name. Sounds like a bluegrass play. Yeah. It would, it's a bluegrass it would band a from bar. Kentucky. That's exactly right. It would play at a bar here in Lexington, <laughs> and a lot of hipsters would be there with their banjos. Last one, guys. Scarves. Matthew Stafford, this is just weird. I don't know if it's a big deal or not a big deal, but I ask you. Matthew Stafford says no timetable on his elbow injury, but he can do everything, quote, I can do everything I need to do. Is this a big deal or not a big deal, Matt? I mean... I'm going to say the whole injury is a little bit of a big deal. The last time I checked, when you throw something, you need your elbow to be good. But I am sort of intrigued by what he says by all the things I need to do. What does that mean? Like, what are the (laughs) things that he wants to do that he doesn't need to but that he can't do? I'm not sure exactly what that means. I'm going to be watching the Matthew Stafford elbow all year. The fact that they don't talk about it. And the fact that it's sort of not, it's almost like become mm-hmm. something that the Rams are running from makes me think it is a big deal, Braden. So I think the fact that he only does the things he needs to is a concern. This is the starting quarterback for the defending Super Bowl champion. His his throwing arm. This is a this is a huge deal, and it sounds a lot like all the offseason talk. You know, like that they tried to deal with it in the offseason. It didn't work. We got it some treatment. It's not working yet but he can still do everything. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like what happens right before you go see the, the get the Tommy John surgery is what it sounds like. Like, And I know that's – I have no medical expertise here, but that's how it sounds. And if for a guy who throws harder than everybody else on the planet in Matt Stafford, this seems like a huge deal. And I don't know why we're – to your point, no one's talking about it out there. They're just saying everything's good, Don't nothing to see here. And that seems like an odd way to approach this in my opinion. Matt Stafford, folks. I think, by the Tommy way, John there, are more, there, there are more stories that are beaten into the ground in the NFL preseason than any other time. But this one feels like, to me, far under-talked about. I feel like we're going to be talking about Matthew Stafford's elbow in October and going, we had signs of this in August, and nobody seemed to care. Well, it's not like we had a radio show or anything today to talk about it. So <laughs> maybe we should talk more about it. Matt Jones, Braden Gall filling in. For Canty and Carlin, of course, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. LeBron's not the only megastar in the news today. We'll get to that next. It's ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. 
your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Braden Gall in for the guys. Mark Schlebaugh, ESPN senior writer, joining us here on the program as Tiger Woods has become the Pied Piper of the PGA Tour, heads up to Wilmington to meet with 20-something players, the highest-rated players in the PGA Tour, along with some other dignitaries and important folks in the PGA, and it seems like they're all aligned. Uh, Mark, what, what, is, what is the number one most important thing we learned about Tiger Woods in the meeting he had today about the PGA Tour? Um, they, I mean, look, he's, he's still the most famous golfer in the world. He's the biggest voice in the room. He's the guy these guys still follow, even though he's not playing nearly that much anymore. Um, you know, I've been told that I hadn't been told a lot of details about the meeting. Most guys have been pretty, kept it pretty close to the best, but trying to get the best players in the world playing against each other in more tournaments on the PGA tour. And then trying to get a um, avenue for, for guys on Corn Ferry Tour or coming out of college to get to the PGA Tour faster. Yeah, that is a huge issue. It may, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult road to get up there. Let me ask you a question about sort of what did the players that are on the PGA Tour think is next? Obviously, Cam Smith reports are he's about to join. Do they think that's the last big one that after that pretty much all the other best golfers will stay and that kind of the battle lines have been drawn or do they think there are more drips that will continue to happen over the course of the next year define good <laughs> there are still some names out about there. that uh, anybody would care about yeah i mean there's a couple of guys i mean i, I i'm hesitant to name names because you know i've heard all kinds of names since going back to February at the Genesis at Riviera, but there are a couple former major winners whose names be floating about. One of them is still in his prime, has been hurt a lot this season. Um, you know, and there were, like I said in the story I wrote for ESPN.com earlier today, there were a couple of guys you were hearing a lot the last couple of weeks, Cameron Young and, and Joaquin Neiman, um, who were at that meeting last night in, in Wilmington, so it looks like they're staying put. Mark Schlebaugh joining us here, ESPN senior writer, of course. Uh, Tiger Woods meeting with a bunch of folks from the PGA Tour today about trying to keep the PGA Tour uh, sort of aligned against LIV and the Live Tour. Uh, it's honest, it's, it's an interesting kind of turn in Tiger's career at the end here now where it sounds like he has become this 
sort of, like you said, the most powerful voice in the room. Like, do you have any sense that if he would have taken the money, the 700 or 800 million, that, that all of a sudden that the Live Tour has a TV contract, they have, you know, world golf points. Like, what do you think would have happened if he decided to do that? I, I mean, I, I think everything you said might have happened. I think guys like Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, maybe others follow him. I think that's how much weight Tiger holds with those guys. Um, he's the reason a lot of those guys became professional golfers and joined the PGA Tour. Um, you know, I think it just gives instant credibility to would have given instant credibility to live golf. And again, you know, he's only going to play four times a year, but he can be the face of the the organization. And I, I think that's what the position was. They basically wanted him to do what Greg Norman's doing, and, and he turned them down. Well, let me let me ask you about what's next on the live side because. They obviously have all the money in the world, and they're not worried about profit. At the same time, though, the tournaments are impossible to watch, and even if you watch them, it doesn't really feel like people are competing. I think about the Will Zalatoris putt last year or last week and the excitement he had. It's hard for me to see that happening at a live event. So, I mean, I know that this isn't a reporter question. This is just a guy who knows golf well. What but, is the end yeah, game? Was, like, do you yeah. think it's going to matter? Those, do you think those events on the Live Tour are ever going to matter? Not, not unless everybody goes over there. And at this point, we don't think that's going to happen. I was at the Live event at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, Portland, Oregon, and it was not a great atmosphere, in my opinion. I mean, you got live music playing. I was told they capped it at 8,000 spectators for quote-unquote security reasons. Um, <laughs> but I agree with you. I mean, when you're, sure. when you're, when you're getting 100 to $200 million up front, what kind of incentive do you have to work really hard and want to win a, 25, you know, a, a $6 million winner's purse? It's just, I mean, other than Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith, if he ends up going, and a couple other guys like Abe Answer, there just aren't a lot of guys in their prime who are still competing for the events that matter. I mean, Brooks Kepka's body's been falling apart for a while. Bryson DeChambeau's been banged up. Um, you know, he could come back. He's still young enough, certainly. But, you know, it's a bunch of 40-somethings on the tail end of their careers. Ian Poulter, Graham McDowell, guys like that, Phil Mickelson. Can, well, go ahead, Matt. Can I ask you about – I want to ask you about the Patrick Reed lawsuit because I, I find Patrick Reed to be not the most likable guy. And that lawsuit reads like the I rantings of a – by the way. <laughs> but that, they, it reads like the rantings of a crazy person. And as a lawyer, I know it's also nothing he alleges is even defamation. But what in the world <laughs> would make him want to do that? Like, I mean, he's already severely disliked. Is he just out there? Like, why does he do – why did he do that? I, I I can't imagine who in Patrick. Well, I've got a um, I can't imagine who in <laughs> Patrick Reed's camp would sign off on hiring that particular attorney to file that lawsuit. I mean, I if agree. you do any research on that particular lawyer, uh, go go to the Southern uh, Poverty. Well, he's Law insane. Center just he's insane. You now. can yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just he sued the PGA too earlier tour earlier this year for a, a class action lawsuit because the tour was working as a monopoly and preventing him from watching a great field at the Barracuda Championship. 
I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't know. You know, Patrick got his money. Um, he never seemed to be the happiest guy in the world. And, you know, maybe maybe he's happy now. Uh, we'll we'll leave it there. We'll we'll leave it at that. Patrick Reed has never seemed happy, and maybe he's happy now because he got his money. Mark Schleybaugh, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. <laughs> That's, That's as nice as Matt. That's that is as nice as you can say. That's yes, right. th- that is the nicest conversation you can possibly have about Patrick Reed. Maybe he's happy now. That's what we all wish. I guess that's a that's a good thing if you think about it, Braden, to say about anybody that you don't particularly like or what they do. Just go, you know, maybe he's happy. <laughs> just <laughs> that, leave it at that's that. A, that's like a sports way of saying like, bless his heart. Ble- bless no, his yeah, that heart. is that is definitely a mountain. <laughs> bless his heart is. Yeah. Well, maybe he's happy. <laughs> Again, if you know anything about Patrick Reed, he got, I believe, kicked out of Georgia, right? Ended up at Augusta State. Uh, this is a guy who's not been particularly I mean, well-liked he, he, anywhere he, in his career. He like, didn't he, like, steal or cheat one of his teammates? Yeah, like, he's was, got all yeah. – he's got all – I yeah. want to be careful because I don't need another lawsuit in my life, so I'll probably leave it. But all I would say is, Patrick, I hope you're happy. You know, it, it, there's sometimes it transitions into where you start feeling sad for someone, and then you realize they just made $200 million to go play on another tour from the Saudis, and you're like, mm, okay, maybe I don't feel that bad. Uh, maybe not at all. Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and your smart speakers. Matt Jones, Braden Gall in for the guys. Speaking of rankings, we'll tell you which college football teams are ranked too high and which ones are too low in the preseason polls. That's next, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. So starting on uh, Friday here in Kentucky, high school football begins. You know, under the okay. lights, Friday right. night lights, all that, that the, the sort of majestic beauty of the Americana experience. Okay. And I'm going to go to a game. I'm not sure which one I'm going to go to, but I just like being there, get a hot dog, et cetera. But I have found that as the years go on, and this, again, far be it from me to criticize uh, ESPN, which is a wonderful place that everybody should want to work. But <laughs> they often put that we – I keep seeing more and more high school football on television. And I'm, I need to say something here, and I want to see if you agree. I find high school football unwatchable on television, just completely unwatchable. Mm. I think it's because, unlike basketball, where high school players – can be, if not as good as NBA players, in the vicinity. High school football players are literally playing a different sport than college in the NFL, and I find high school football on television unwatchable. Is that a controversial opinion to you, or do you like to sit back on a Friday night and watch 16-year-olds play football? I I do do not, especially when you put it that way. Uh, (laughs) I I, I do not, but – but I agree. I agree with you that like even hockey, you could watch uh, like the juniors. Like I could watch yes. the juniors in hockey because those guys at 18, 17, 18, 19 are close to like some guys that can break into the NHL. 
and especially golf. There's no question about golf, like the amateurs in each of the majors. I think you can watch those guys. But I agree with you. Football is the largest gap from high school senior to first year of professionalism, right? That that three-year window that is required, you have to have it to be to develop into a fully formed adult because otherwise you're not – I agree with you. You're not playing the same sport. Now, and I do I like, like going – I like being there, like you said, the atmosphere, yes, the Americana. The like it, it all it all feels good to be the there band. and celebrate. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I feel like when I watch high school football, one team is always beating the other, sixty-two to six, <laughs> yeah. and it's and, and it feels like they're all just doing time. So I just want to say, go to a high school football game, get in your car, find the Friday night lights, have a corn dog, etc. But if it's on television, Braden, I'm going to have to pass. I think I would rather watch Pickleball, which I watched on television the other day, and to me is right now currently the worst thing that they put on television. Uh, Ultimate Frisbee. I'd rather watch Ultimate Frisbee. And I, I actually like that, Ultimate so. Frisbee. I, I like Those dudes too. make like some amazing plays, know, they don't do. they? They do. Spikeball, yeah, not bad. I, I Listen, go support your local high school. That's great. I agree, but unless Odessa Permian and Billy Bob Thornton are on my TV, I don't need to see it on the television. I'm kind of with you. It's not that a controversial. A little Odessa Permian it's not, reference. It's not, that, it's not that controversial. Canty and Booby Carlin. Mil- Booby Miles in the in house. Ten Canty and Carlin, Matt Jones, Braden Gall in for the guys. Beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a great one. Football camps are open across the country, NFL and college, and that means preseason rankings, of course. So a little game of too high, too low, or just right based on the ESPN preseason college football power rankings. Producer Evan, take it away. Yeah, and I'll start with Braden since you inspired this one. Georgia, the defending champs, they're ranked third. Too high, too low, just right? Too low. They should be number two. They're better than Ohio State. And if they play in a playoff game, I'm picking Georgia. No question about it, Jonesy. I think they're just right. They should be number three. You know, I'm not taking Stetson Bennett. He's a nice fella. I'm sure he would uh, be wonderful as your accountant, but I would not. I'm not taking him over uh, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. I do think, however, they got so much talent you can't put them lower than number three. So I'm going just right. How about Clemson? I know Matt, you love Dabo Sweeney. Clemson, too high, too low, just right. I'm going to say too high because Dabo Sweeney, to me, is almost like a rash. Like, I, every time I hear him, I feel like I need Jeez. ointment to get it off of me. I'm just not a fan, and I never will be. So, I think they should be ranked last in the national ranking. So, I'm going to say too high. That seems very objective of you and professional, Matt Jones. <laughs> and also, uh, and, it's, and it's based on scientific I, data. Yes, I need to swing by my local drugstore to pick up a penicillin shot after I watch the Clemson Tigers. That's tremendous. Um, no, that, I actually agree, but not for those reasons. Uh, I, I agree Clemson a little too high. NC State very good. Miami very good. Pittsburgh's pretty solid. I think Florida State, Louisville, there's a lot of good depth in the middle at the quarterback position in the ACC. So I think Clemson's going to lose a couple games. They might still win the ACC, but I don't think they Braden, are good enough to be admit. number four. Dabo gets on your nerves. Like the whole Andy Griffith act. Like, I, uh, you know, golly, I'm just yeah. a football coach. Like, that gets on your nerves, doesn't it? We don't, we don't want to professionalize this sport. And then, of course, he just went and got yeah. $900 I don't, million. Dollars I don't, these players need not yeah. to make money. I only make $8 million <laughs> a year. What is this, to kill so like, a mockingbird? What are we doing? I'm here? just saying, that's what, da- that's what I hear when Dabo I, talks. Dabo complains about things that, that no one that makes that amount of money can complain about, period. Yeah, Full stop. I'm, I'm with you. Get rid I of hope me. he's happy, Matt. I hope he's happy. I, I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Evan. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Notre Dame's ranked fifth. Is that too high, too low, or just right? 
Too high, full stop. Matt, you're next. <laughs> yeah, definitely too high. I mean, I don't have an impersonation of Notre Dame's coach, but I will see if I can get one later. Too high, though. Notre Dame's always too high. They always get put there because they're Notre Dame. They should probably be somewhere in the that like, is 10 not to true. 12 range. That is not true. They have finished in the top 10 almost every single year. But the difference is Brian Kelly's not anybody. there. Brian Kelly's not there anymore. That's the difference. And they also they, don't play anybody. And remember, when they get to the playoff, oh, they lose on. by 1,000. Well, they don't play anybody. I mean, they just, don't play anybody. But but if you are preseason number nine and you finish preseason number nine, you weren't too high. You were exactly right. No, you weren't. Well, never mind. Just move on before I go all I'm going to move on, but I'm staying on Notre Dame. I want to hear what Feinbaum had to say about this. He was on Get Up yesterday. It's it's Notre Dame. They should not even be in the top ten, Greeny. This is an absolute joke, and it happens every year with the AP poll, which is about as worthless as preseason NFL football. It's ridiculous. Notre Dame wow. is going to get run in the first game of the season. I mean, they're going to get destroyed uh, at the big house. And then after that, they have to go to North Carolina a couple weeks later, a team that will bounce back this year. They have Clemson on this schedule, and they have SC. They'll be fortunate to go 9-3. and three. Laughable that they're in the top five or six. But Matt Jones says they really don't play any. That Matt Jones says they don't play anybody, but they have four top ten opponents on their. First schedule. of all, he counted North Carolina as one of the games. I'm not giving him that. But nevertheless, no. Paul's been saucy lately. Like yes, he, called he has. For, he called for John Calipari to be replaced at Kentucky, and now he's <laughs> saying this. It's like I don't know. Somebody needs to call Paul and let him know to just bring it down a notch. Wow, he's bringing it. Midseason form, baby. He's, he's yes, a veteran. He is. Veteran. <laughs> Nothing like going from Notre Dame to Utah, which spurs a lot of opinion around here. Don't six, talk about my Utes like that. Six right? for the Utes. Is that too high, too low, or just right, Matt? Uh, it's too high because – not because they're not good, but because everything – like Utah is in, – in college basketball, there's always one team that all the nerdy reporters rally around and they, like, try to tell you, you know who's great this year? Creighton. And you just look at him and go, no, Creighton is not good. That's how I am with Utah. I know Utah's got talent. I know they're decent. But don't try to act like they're going to the playoff. It's Utah. Ute, everybody knows there's not a team from Utah that's going to be playing for a national championship. They're very good. They will not win the Pac-12. They're too high. I, all I heard was uh, the insult that was hurled at me across the studio about being a college football nerd here. And, no, uh, that I like wasn't a, about you. I, I, was, I had other people in mind, <laughs> just so you know. Because I'm on the Utah train. I think it might be a little too low here. I got them at number four. I got them getting into the playoff. I think they beat Florida in week one. They lose one more game throughout the course of the year somewhere. They fixed their problems that they had early in the season last year. Before they changed to Cameron Rising, the quarterback, Kyle Whittingham, the best coach in the country that nobody talks about. Uh, I love this Utah team. I, I think they're built to make it to the playoff. I don't know if they can do anything when they get there, but that's not the point. The point is where are they ranked. I think six is about right, but I'd be okay with them going a couple spots higher, actually. What a nerd. He's a nerd, it's right? Fine. Like all these – listen, it's you fine. wait. He's going to tell me Creighton is good at basketball. No, that's no, going to be the next thing. What I'm going to tell you, boys, is, what I'm gonna tell you, boys, is that nerds rule the world. That's what I'm going to tell you. Michigan's next. eighth after going to the playoff last year. Is that too high, too low, or just right for the Wolverines, Braden? I think it's about right. I could go a little higher. Go a little higher for Michigan, actually. I, I think they, they've got an easy – talk about easy schedules. They don't play anybody until Ohio State, really. they got Michigan State and Iowa in there, but that's about it. So, I like I like Michigan to be right about there, maybe a spot higher. Yeah, I actually think it's too low for the exact reason you said. They don't play anybody. If they played somebody, then I don't think they're as good as they are last year. But they don't play anybody. It's Big Ten. They, they probably should be five or six, something like that. I, they, can they be 11-0 and 0 going to Ohio State in the yeah, horseshoe at the end of the year? And they absolutely can. 
if they don't lose to Iowa, which is where national championship hopes go to die every single year. Just don't make me watch an Iowa football game this year. Watching Iowa football should in and of itself be a reward because it is the most boring thing on the planet. No offense to the good people of Iowa. Defense, running the, run the football, wins championships. Matt Jones, Braden Gall, more on the biggest star in sports, of course. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Series XM, Channel 80.